Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Seriously, we, we love this church, and so uh, today we're going to start for the next four weeks um, a series which is called Relationship Goals. So we'll be looking at the Bible and discovering God's principles for building, uh, for building healthier, uh, greater relationships in our lives. Now, I'm not sure what uh, comes to the front of your mind when you hear this term, Relationship Goals. Maybe you're thinking about the perfect couple selfie. Uh, maybe you're thinking about brunch with your best friend that probably includes an Instagram post as well. Or maybe you're just thinking about growing old together. Um, or maybe it's totally different. I, I'm reminded of a story that is, that is absolutely true. So I promise you there's no preacher's hyperbole in this at all. But um, sometimes there are in some stories. But not this one, I promise you. So uh, a friend of mine when we were growing up, uh, we'll call him Andrew, not because we're saving his identity, but that's because his actual name and he's on the other side of the country. So we can use his name. So my My mate Andrew um, had a crush on this girl for a very long time, very, very long time. And uh, he was very keen about it, but she was not so keen. And so one day, uh, Andrew was, so he was a musician, um, a, a guitarist, and so we won't hold that against him. But anyway, he was, a, he was a guitarist, and he was serving at a youth camp, and he was uh, traveling, he was in the back seat, and then uh, my pastor at the time uh, was in the front, and the, the guy who was the guest preacher was in the front seat next to him. And so uh, this guy, we'll call him Matt, because that's also his real name, and he lives on the East Coast, so no one knows him here, so that's all right. So Matt goes to Andrew, hey, Andrew. Is there like someone special in your life? And so Andrew, um, you know, tells a story, you know, I, you know, really keen on this girl. Her name's Bethany. That's actually her name as well. You know, does, you know, blah, 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 doing the whole story, but she's, you know, she's not keen. And, you know, I bought her, um, what did he buy? Um, the tickets to the Lion King for her 21st birthday to stage show, and she took someone else. You know, if that's not a hint, Andrew, <laughs> you know, like, but anyway, so he's doing this whole story, right? And then, um, and then Matt goes to him. Uh, just, you know, having a joke, mucking around, you know, not, um, not offending the Holy Spirit at all. But uh, he, goes, he goes to Andrew, he goes, he goes, I've got a word from God for you. And he goes to the radio. Now, those are things that used to be in cars for all the young people. And he couldn't actually choose what song was playing. He just had to turn it on and it was there. There was no, like, Spotify playlist. Anyway, so he turns on. He goes, I've got a word from God for you, Andrew. He turns the radio right up. And right at that moment, there was this 80s classic playing. It was by the band Toto. Okay, maybe, maybe you can start to guess the song. No, it wasn't The Rain Comes Down in Africa. So he turns it up right at the chorus. If you know it, you can sing it. He goes, hold the line. Who knows the next line? Love isn't always on time. And then everyone laughs from the car and they turn it off. Long story short, Andrew's now married to Bethany. They have two children. They live heavily, happily ever, ever after. Amazing, right? I mean, now you think that's a joke. That is an act that actually happened years before they ever got together. This random, just mucking around, here's a word from God for you. And so I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of relationship goals. Maybe it's a story like that. But this month, we're going to be not just talking about those type of relationships, but all sorts of relationships. Because it's important that as we continue to grow and develop um, in, in this area of relationships. And so 
When we think of this word, a goal, so relationships goal, a goal is obviously an objective or a target. It's a result in which our effort is directed at. And so I get the uh, great joy of um, coaching, I mentioned it a couple of times, coaching um, our son's six-year-old soccer team. Uh, we had a great win on Saturday. We don't keep score, but it was 9-1 and, um, to us. And Ben scored seven goals. I'll repeat that again. He scored seven goals. Um, so it was a great win, but probably the most important thing I do as a coach is at the start of the game, we get in a little huddle, and we go, this direction is the way that we are kicking the ball. And I get them, no joke, you can ask Ben. Physically, I get, okay, we're all pointing which way we're kicking the ball. Everyone, we're pointing this way. And so I get all the team, we're pointing this way. And then probably the second most important conversation I have is after halftime, because if you know about soccer, we swap directions and we say, okay, it's the second half now, kids. All right, which way are we going? Let's all, and then we, we get a few cross points that time, but then we get it all together. So we're kicking the ball this way. That is the way that we are going. You see, we all have goals probably for our finances. Maybe it's to save for deposit, buy a house, be debt free. We often have goals for our health, food that we eat, workouts we achieve, exercise uh, that we take on. Uh, we have goals for our kids. Maybe our, our children have goals about school, about getting into a trade or university or what ATAR they're going to get. As church, we have a goal about seeing people saved and find Christ, about seeing them discipled and grow and, and to see all these things established in the life of our church. But for many of us, when it comes to relationships, they're accidental, unintentional, and unplanned. Instead of relationship goals, often we have relationship dramas. Imagine if you went to church, um, imagine if you went to church, hey, you're here. No, anyway, imagine if you went to work with no goals you, and no parameters. You just showed up, stood around, made coffee, sat in someone else's desk, answered other people's emails, that would be fun, showed up in meetings you weren't invited to. It'd be, it'd be a total train wreck, okay, because there's no, there was no goals, there was no direction. So having goals helps us to hit the target and to know the direction that we need to go. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna build a bit of a, a general foundation when it comes to relationships. Some of you are thinking, this is great, this is gonna be awesome. This will help fix that really annoying work colleague. I'm gonna find out how I can fix them up. Someone here is like, yeah, my husband really needs, needs to hear this. I'm taking extra notes for him. He's not here, I'm sending him the podcast already. Someone else might be here and you're like, yeah, the friend I'm sitting next to, I'm trying hard not to look at them, but there was that time three years ago when they offended me and they haven't apologized since then. So I can't wait for this series. It's going to be great for them. But this week, what we're going to do in terms of direction is we're actually going to direct the focus in and not out. I know it's a bit of a bummer. It's normally funner when it's, when it's directed out at someone else. But we're, we're going to begin right at the start of the Bible with the second relationship that there ever was. The first relationship, this is really important to understand, that ever occurred in the Bible is actually between God himself because he is a God of relationship. We believe in a, if I'm technical, a triune God, so that's Father, Spirit, Son. And so God is a God of relationship. 
He's a God that's always been in relationship and always will be in relationship. But what we're going to do is we're going to start with the second relationship to begin, which is in the first book of the Bible. Now, if you're trying to guess what that is and you're thinking Adam and Eve, sorry, you're wrong, because there's another one that comes before that. You see, before Adam met Eve in the Garden of Eden, there was a relationship that he had with God the second relationship in the Bible. And that's what we're gonna, we're gonna zero in on for this morning. God had goals for Adam before he ever met Eve. And I believe that these same goals he had for Adam, he has for us today, and they will set the foundation for all our relationships to grow and develop in a healthy way that God has intended. Because you see, your friendships, your family relationships, your dating relationships, your marriages, your school friends, your work colleagues, that this is gonna make a difference in all of those areas. And so we're gonna read from Genesis. Um, we're gonna read from some chapters in Genesis. We're gonna look at uh, two passages and then we're gonna look at the four goals that come out of these verses. So it'll be on the screen behind me, but if you're uh, opening your Bible or you know, Bible app, it's uh, Genesis chapter two, uh, verses eight and nine, I'll read, it says this. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going to skip down a few verses. We're going to go to verse 15 of Genesis chapter 2. Uh, the Lord God placed the man uh, in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit uh, of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And the Lord uh, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So after God had all these goals for Adam, then Eve came along. God was doing something in Adam for some preparation in him before relationship could happen with Eve. God wants to do some things in you before he gives relationships to you. Now, obviously, your relationships that you're in uh, right now, I'm not suggesting that unless you have all these things that we talk about in place, that you should you know, quit your job, move slightly inland of Margaret River, buy one of those Hessian bags, you know, never wear shoes, and just sort of like drop out on a commune by yourself. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But what I am, although that would be, no, I'm not suggesting that. But anyway, but um, you know, maybe a bunker as well. Anyway, no, we won't go there. We watched the, um, we watched the like, uh, end of the world movie last night, and then there was all that wind and stuff, and I was like, oh, no, I think it's happening right now. What's going on? The comet's going to hit us. Oh, no, it's just the, just the wind. Um, but, but anyway, I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that when it comes to priorities and what we look at first, if we want to influence and impact all of the relationships that we have, the place that we start is within and with God. That's, that's, that's where it begins. Because as we, as we allow God to move in our lives that way, it then flows out. And that's what we'll talk about uh, in the coming few weeks. Now, like I said, it's about our priorities and about our focus. And so we're going to look at these four goals that God gave to Adam. So number one, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this, now, uh, write this down. Sorry, they are all going to start, start with P, so I apologize for that. But just to, give you, just to give you a heads up. So the first one is number one, is this is place. 
place. The first goal that God gave Adam was about place. Genesis 2 verse 8, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he placed the man he had made. Obviously that word placed right there means to establish or to plant. God placed Adam in the garden to establish Adam's relationship with God first. Yet too often, we allow people to place us, not God to place us. We allow people to define our place. We believe the lie that maybe we're only where we are because of people, whether that's negative or positive. Oh, I only got this job because, you know, Bill knew the owner and he put in a good word for me. Oh, I'm friends with such and such, but it's only because he's the first person I met when I got here and then I haven't really moved on from there. And, you know, that's just, that's just where I am. But the truth is, is that when we, uh, when we put God first, He is the one who actually places us. When God places you in relationship, He then sustains you. You see, God placed Adam in the garden because God wanted him to grow. God placed Adam in the garden to build relationship with him. You see, so many people are looking for the one uh, if they're in a dating relationship, but only God can be your one. Now, not talking about this awkward, you know, I'm going steady with Jesus type sort of thing, but when we place God first, he can then place us. You see, God's placed you in a family. They may be crazy, ours is, particularly when playing games, particularly Settlers of Catan and Monopoly as well. But, but you know, God may have placed you in a family. They might be crazy, but God's placed you there. God has placed you there. God wants to place you in your job. It, it might be hard, but Maybe He's building you. Maybe He's doing something in you. If you call this place home, we believe that God has placed you in this church. We are far from perfect. We will no doubt offend you, let you down and not meet your expectations. But maybe God's placed you here. Ooh, something just happened. No, that's not me. That's me being Barry White for a second. No, okay, here we go. Awesome. Am I back, Wayne? Am I back? Have you muted the other microphones? Or am I just going to sound like Barry White? That could be good. Or we are spoken. No, right. No, okay, no more jokes. No more jokes. No more jokes. All right, I'm just going to keep going. Wayne's going to fix it, and it's going to be amazing. But God, we believe that if God's placed you here, He's placed you here to love and serve. He's placed you here to be a part of this church. Yeah, I'm going to try that microphone, then we're going to be better. Hey! Now here I am. Here I am. I'm just going to stay on this one. Awesome. God's plate. We believe that if you call Elevation home, that God has placed you here. It won't be perfect. There'll be some growth, but we believe there's opportunity to serve and to grow and to see God's kingdom built as we do that together. But what about you? Has God placed you? Or have, you been, or have you allowed other people to place you? Or maybe you've just decided that it's you know, your way or the highway and God, I, I, I know so much better, so I'm doing this and I'm choosing this and I'm gonna move here and I'm gonna go to this job and I'm gonna walk into this relationship because you know, I, I, I know best, but God knows the best place for you, the best place 
to grow you. Will it be the easiest place? Probably not. But God's whole plan is that He works His character into us and He uses a variety of methods, methods, sorry, circumstances and where He places us for that reason. Psalm 92 verses 12 and 15 says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in Him. You know, palms are known, excuse me, for their long life. Palms are a picture that we can stand tall for what we believe that we can stand tall against the cyclones and the wind and the storms of this world. You know, cedars, they say that their roots can penetrate rock. They, they, they create a tree that is strong, that is immovable, but is solid. Cedars is what they use to build the temple of the Lord. And so this picture here that Psalms, that Psalms gives us is that palms and cedars are solid, long-lasting. They stand the test of time and they're an example of great character. Don't let a person place you, but let God place you. So the first goal is to find the place that God has for you. The second goal is this simply this is purpose, is to find the purpose that God has for you. Before we enter into a whole bunch of relationships or for, before we try and uh, look outward and fix every relationship that we have, like I said, let's start and prioritize with God, our relationship with Him and know that He's placed us, but also He has a purpose for each and every one of us. Genesis 2 verse 18, uh, no, 15, I think. It says this, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Don't let people define your purpose. Let God reveal His purpose to your life. Adam found purpose before he found Eve. Adam was tending and watching to the garden way before he met Eve. Work is important. It gives us meaning. It um, gives us purpose. There's, there's, there's power in it. But too often we allow people to give us our purpose. You know, well, my friend, he wants me to sell everything and go into business, you know, buying cryptocurrency. Maybe, maybe I should do that because that's what, that's what he said. You know, well, this, this person's, you know, they're nice. This pyramid scheme seems really dodgy. But you know what? They're a nice person. So I'll just, I'll just jump in with them. Or, you know, uh, I met this girl. I'm single. Um, she wants six kids and sort of like next week. So, oh, I, I, guess, I guess that's my, I guess that's my, my purpose. So we went out for coffee. So everyone in the church is saying, are you getting married yet? You know, don't be, don't be too slow. Two months time joking, not this church, just other ones. But, um, you know, or, or maybe, oh no, I met this guy. You know, he's not really into marriage, but what, what, does, a, what does a piece of paper mean anyway? You know, in this, in this day and age, our purpose isn't to please others. Our purpose is to please God. And so don't let people give you your purpose. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, or we could call that purpose, where there is no vision, the people perish. God has a vision for your life. He has a purpose for your life. No matter what age, no matter what stage of life you are in right now, God has something for you. And so let us not, be let, us not let our purpose be defined by people, but let it be defined by God. So what's, what's your purpose? 
What's, what's your purpose? Are you, are you clear or on a journey of discovering that purpose that God has for your life? So many relationships end up broken because people look to the relationship to give them purpose. And it's only a matter of time they begin to blame each other because a relationship it can't bring you purpose. It can help you achieve your purpose. People can uh, encourage us and spur us on. There can be uh, really important partnerships that we make with other people. But essentially, our purpose starts from heaven. Our purpose starts from God. It's not of this world. We outwork it in this world, but it's God speaking to us. Some of us here, we need to find our purpose, or maybe it's for you, it's to rediscover purpose again. Remember, we got this purpose before we're in relationship. We're prioritizing it as first. We're asking God, we're seeking Him. We're saying, God, what do you have for my life? God, what do you have for my family? What have you called me to on this earth? You see, maybe you've, um, sorry, Adam lived in the garden before he met Eve, God planted him to grow his character. God purposed him to work in the garden. Maybe, you look, maybe you've been looking at your husband to meet your needs and give you a purpose. That's not his role. Maybe a husband, you've been looking to your wife to, okay, so what are we doing? Where are we going? What's the, what's the purpose? That's not her role. That's an unfair expectation that cannot be met. And so what happens is it comes and it brings um, unhealthy situations in our marriages specifically. But when we look to God, and obviously in a marriage, it's a partnership. So, we, so it's not like, you know, husband and wife are going to walk out of here. All right, I'm going to this beach to seek God. I'm going to this beach to seek God, come back together. Uh-oh, different purposes. What do we do now? No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about prioritizing what God has and discovering His purpose for your life individually and together as a couple and together as a relationship and together as a family. But too often we just let ideas and different people define our purpose, but God has called you with a powerful purpose in mind. So the four goals that we can, that we can learn from Adam that God wants us to put in our lives is that He has a place for us, He has a purpose for you. The third one, really quick, is provision. Uh, verse 9 of chapter 2 of Genesis says, The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. Who brought the provision in the garden? It wasn't Maccas, it wasn't Uber Eats, it wasn't Menulog, it was God. He brought, he brought the provision. We don't want to look to people to bring the provision, but we look to God to bring the bring the provision. He may work through people um, to bring that, but our trust must be in God and not in other people or the relationship. You know, one of the names of God, there's various names for God in the Old Testament. They're not because he's, you know, confusing, uh, you know, and a bit, you know, just likes to change his name all the time. They actually help us to understand God. They describe his character. And one of the uh, Hebrew names is Jehovah Jireh, which means that he is my provider or he is provision. And while money is one aspect here, the overarching principle of God being our source goes, it's far, uh, far wider than just, than just finances. You see, your relationship isn't your provider. God's your provider. 
The greatest gift that you can bring to any relationship, to your spouse, to a friend, to a coworker, to a family member, as a parent and child, is a, is a whole you. That's, that's what, and we get that provision from God. You know, Disney, Hallmark, and Hollywood, they all have lovely sentimental and romantic lines like, you know, Jerry Maguire, like, you complete me. Or, you know, I found my other half. Or, you know, life didn't start until I met you. And, and, and while that sounds nice and romantic, what happens is what we want to do is in relationships, we want to bring a whole self. So standard maths says this, a half plus a half equals a whole. But relationship maths is different. It's one plus one equals one. A whole life plus another whole life equals a whole relationship. Now, we're not perfect. Um, I was laughing because uh, earlier in this week, Rachel and I may have had, you know, a discussion. It might have got, you know, slightly heated, not too bad. It was, you know, about something really important like school lunches or whatever. Um, and all I'm thinking while having this heated discussion is, oh no, we've got relationship goals happening this month. Quick, quick, quick. Apologize, get, get out of it. We need to, no, no. But so we're not perfect. No one's perfect. And so when I say that we bring a whole life to a whole life, it's not perfection, but it's about a journey with God. It's about a journey of wholeness. It's about I'm opening my heart up to God to work through the fears, to work through the insecurities, to understand that it's only Him who brings that provision to bring that health and bring that wholeness in our lives. So God works through people, but our trust must be in Him and Him alone. Are you waiting for people to give you a promotion? God says promotion comes from the Lord. A, looking to relationships to supply your needs. God says that He will supply, that ultimately He is the supplier of what you need. Uh, the fourth one is this, maybe as the worship team join me as we get ready to wrap up. So we've had, God wants to place us. God wants to bring purpose in our lives. We need to understand that it's God who's our provision. And the fourth one is this, is the goal that God brings is parameters. Parameters. Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. How can a loving God say no? Why, why, would, why would God hold out on you? Why would a loving God limit you? Simply because he loves you. He loves you. And just like all the parents in the room and the uh, children and teenagers would understand this, we have parameters. Sometimes, probably never in your family, um, we have some people say, oh, you're being so annoying. No, we're not being annoying. You're just not getting what you want. <laughs> it's called a parameter. And so just like in a family and parents, we bring parameters around our kids' lives. Some teenagers are here like, yeah, so many parameters. What is going on? But God wants to bring parameters around your life. Why? Because He loves you. Why? Because He sees the bigger picture. Why? Because He sees your growth and your future. But it's important that we don't let people define our parameters, but we let God's Word define our parameters. See, because if we don't have God's parameters before we enter into a relationship, then that relationship often defines, defines them. 
You know, the Bible's full of parameters which, um, which are for our benefit. And so I'll just mention really quickly uh, a couple. It says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. Paul was just talking there before about people that saying the resurrection of the dead isn't a thing and all this, all this sort of garbage. But he says this, this line, for bad company corrupts good character. It's a great parameter to put around our life. A great question to ask ourselves is, are your relationships helping or hurting your walk with God? Are you changing who you are to fit in? Are you timid, sorry, timid, timid and fear sharing your faith? Or are you open and honest with the relationships that you have? You see, this parameter is about influence with our relationships. Like a ship should be in the water, but water shouldn't be in the ship. It's okay for the boat to be in the water as long as it doesn't start taking on the water. I think that's such a powerful picture when it comes to the company that we keep and the relationships that we have. Do you have a relationship that's letting water into your boat? It's pulling you down. It's bringing that sinking feeling. It's causing you to compromise on your faith, to dilute your passion, to erode your convictions, to draw you away from God, to draw you away from church and fellowshipping with God's people. Ask yourself, does this relationship, does it help me or does it harm me? Can I be myself, express my faith, or do I change who I am to fit in and to please? You see, God wants your relationships to help you to keep His parameters and boundaries. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10 says this, is one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I'll close with this. Uh, uh, growing up in, uh, in church, my mum would take me and my uh, two younger brothers uh, to church. Dad's a little bit stubborn, still is, we're praying for him. Um, but he would, he would stay home. And so uh, as, as I grew up going, going to church, felt like, um, you know, I could feel the presence of God. But, you know, got to, got to high school and that sort of, you know, awkward, you know, stage of life and started, you know, changing who I was to fit in with the crowd. But for me, there was this incredible uh, gift who wasn't, he was probably about five years older than me of a, of, of a youth leader that came alongside me and we built a relationship that uh, really just sowed such great godly influence into me. And so as, as I journeyed through high school and really encountered God afresh again at the age of, age of 16, there was this, this relationship that spurred me on with God, that encouraged me that when my friends were going one way at school, uh, I had this, I'm not changing his name for security either. So his name's Aaron. I had this guy, Aaron, who was sowing God's promises into my life. Sowing God's purpose, sowing His time, buying me Maccas, doing all those things uh, that, youth, that youth leaders do to sow the power of God in, into my life. It, it ended up that, um, that at our wedding that Aaron, Aaron was my best man. Why? Because he sowed something into my life. He sowed the power of God. He sowed the power of the gospel. There's something powerful about uh, aligning our relationships with people that will spur us on. So let's remember that it's God ultimately who places us. It's God ultimately who wants to come and fill us with purpose. 
It's God who wants to come and be our provision. We don't have to look to people or to other relationships to fill voids that we're missing. They add value to our lives, but ultimately it's God who does it. And then God wants to bring parameters around our lives and he helps with those relationships as we'll push into those relationships that spur us on with who God's called us to be. So this morning, I'd love you to uh, bow your heads and pray in this place. We're just going to give a we're just going to give a little moment to um, we're just going to give a little moment to to pray and ask God. Maybe maybe for you, have you allowed people to place you instead of being placed by God? For you in this place, maybe you've allowed people to be the ones that have given you purpose instead of, instead of God. Maybe you've allowed, look to people for that provision. Maybe there's some parameters that you need to define and pull in around those relationships that you have. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak to us, that you would highlight those areas of change, those areas where we need to prioritise you as number one and you would speak to our hearts and lives. We thank you, Jesus.